Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. the blessings of the Lord. Man, we want to get to our message today. Pray that it will, we will touch you in a spiritual way. The word of the Lord is meant to illuminate not only our spirit, but our natural man to help us in our daily living. I'm going to two different places in scripture today. John chapter 1. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, John chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3. These are familiar passages of scripture, but they hold and encompass great truth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by, the Bible says him, but the him there is the word. All things were made by the word. And without the word was not anything made that was made. In the word was life. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the life was the light of men. Second Timothy chapter 3. Paul instructed Timothy here about a culture that was messed up, about a world that was out of whack. Uh, we find in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13, he told him, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Then notice this. He's about to tell us what he learned, and that was that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. This last verse states a powerful truth from the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly first unto all good works. All scripture. What you learned as a child, Timothy, the holy scriptures will keep you from deception will keep you from seduction. Today I want to talk to you about the word and we're calling this today the final answer. The final answer. Amen. Let's put our Bibles down and just thank the Lord for his word today. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We are in desperate need of your assistance today. Oh God, my hope is in you. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for truth. I thank you for a firm foundation. I thank you, Lord God, in a world that is nothing but shifting sand. Lord, we stand upon the rock, uh, 
Lord, that is you. We give you praise today in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. <clears throat> Perhaps you have heard the famous statement that Regis Philbin posed the contestants on the game show who wants to be a millionaire. The player was presented a question and then they were given four options, four answers to choose from. Only one was correct. Only one answer allowed the player to move on towards his goal of a million dollars. After making that choice, Mr. Feldman, the host, would ask them this question. Is that your final answer? Is that your final answer? Then they would say something like this. That's my final answer. And then they would lock it in. When it comes to the questions of the cosmos, when it comes to the questions of life and eternity, when it comes to the questions of right, wrong, liberty, accountability, can we say we have the final answer? Is there a final answer? Or is it left up to speculation, conjecture, and on one's own thinking? We find that we need to look to a place where we can lock in the answer to the cultural issues that surround us. We need to be able to lock in to the answer of pain or pleasure, right and wrong, good and evil. Can we lock in the answer? How can an intellectual society like ours, with all of our knowledge and access to information, seemingly sink deeper and deeper into the quicksand of social ills like racism, social deg degradation, dysfunction, and chaos. You would think that when we have so much information and so much uh, uh, knowledge that we can get a hold of that we would have an answer for these, yet we, we, we deliberate, we struggle in our culture to find that kind of answer. We know that general knowledge has increased exponentially. Wrap your mind around this. 90% of all scientists who ever lived are alive today. 50% of the world's inventions were created in the last decade. Daniel made that declaration that many shall run to and fro and knowledge will increase toward the last days. Knowledge has increased. Knowledge will continue to increase, but still has assault, still has violence, still has all of the other things in life that create such social ills. I believe that the emergence of the Internet has ushered in a ton of ways to get information. Popular Mechanics, I remember reading the very issue in 1994. The cover story was Information Superhighway, calling it, quote, the greatest social revolution since the automobile, unquote. The advantage of accessing information on the Internet is limitless, but it also provides a way not only for limitless knowledge but boundless deception. The information superhighway has simultaneously made truth available and invaluable. 
It has exalted truth in value and devalued truth at the same time. The notion that there is final truth has become a personal, subjective, and shallow and scary concept. Winston Churchill said this, the most valuable thing in the world is truth. The most valuable thing in the world is true. Andre Shakov, the man who gave the Soviets the atom bomb, called truth the most powerful weapon in the world. Christian apologetic uh, speaker Ravi Zacharias states, truth must be treasured because it brings understanding to information. He goes on to say, truth in turn can exist only if there is an objective standard by which it is measured. The objective unchangeable absolute is God further revealed to us in the person of Christ unquote I want to tell you the most valuable thing that you have today is if you know the truth an exasperated Pontius Pilate asked Jesus who stood before him as if to be tried ask him the question what is truth I believe that is the question of the day it's not just what is truth it's that I'm going to predict my own truth I'm going to set my own truth this is the ultimate question but sadly before he allowed Jesus to answer the personification and embodiment of truth walked away he could have asked him and got his answer but he asked the question and he walked away amen one of the signs of the last days according to Paul is that men would be ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth I submit to you today that more than ever 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 generation before us perhaps this generation needs to grasp the understanding of the final answer the final answer we find that liberal theologians and progressive politicians call for our culture to rethink the concept of the Bible, the concept of God, the concept of truth. It is now just simply left up to the whim of the individual to follow their feeling and whatever they think. They say that we should adapt our belief to fit modern culture and modern modes of thinking. Their rhetoric, their rhetoric sounds warm and fuzzy, but in reality, it is scary I believe that we need to point the finger at the source of some of this junk today amen I believe that there are preachers and teachers and theologians like Rob Bell who's one of the poster preachers of the fuzzy thinking move he questions the virgin birth he questions the resurrection of Jesus Christ whether it really happened or not and the veracity of the word of God <clears throat> in his popular book Velvet Elvis amen Mr. Bell writes a, a, a question and, and matter of fact let me finish that so you don't get sideways on his on his book his book is Velvet Elvis repainting Christian faith, okay? That's what it means. Mr. Bell writes, I think, quote, he says, I think the Bible is the most amazing, beautiful, deep, inspired, engaging collection of writings ever. But sometimes when I hear people quote the Bible, I just want to throw up. He later writes this about the Bible. It is, it is poems and stories and letters, letters and accounts. They aren't first and foremost timeless 
truth. They are not timeless truth. If the word of God is not timeless truth, then where do we go to find truth? If the word of God is not the absolute final answer, then where do we go to find the final answer? Where do we go to find the information about how to live, how to have a family, how to be free? Where do we go to find the information from the second, uh, to get a second opinion when the doctor diagnoses us with an incurable disease? Where do we go to find the answer for drug addiction? Where do we go to find an answer for alcoholism? Where do we go to find an answer for a world that is full of dysfunction, heartache, and pain? Where do we go to find the answer for marriage and gender and sexuality? Where do we go to find the answer to evil, the evil of mass shootings? Where do we go to find the answer about death, eternity, and the reason and purpose for life. If it is not here, pray tell me where is it? If it is not here, do we find it in our universities? No, they're crazy because they don't know the truth. Amen. Because they have decided to throw absolutes out the window. Two and two no longer is four. It's up to your feelings. Where do we go to find the final answer? John 1 and 1. You got to go to the source. In the beginning, say this with me, in the beginning, before anything else, before there was anything else, before there was a son, there was the word. In the beginning was the word. Before there was a, 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 a word or a, a, a thought of an angel, a thought of the heavenlies, a thought of anything, there was the word. In the beginning was the word. Before there was a question, there was the word. Before there was a problem, there was a word. Amen. I believe that God already had the answer before an issue came up. God already had an answer before there's a problem or circumstance. It's in his word. The word must be the final answer. The kingdom of darkness has placed the word of God as the focal point of its attack. From Adam to now, hell has done its best to discredit, disprove the word of God. Amen. If the word of God is incorrect, then God is incorrect. If the word of God is absolutely wrong, then there is no such thing as faith. If God's word can be discredited, then God can be discredited. If you can't believe the Bible, then how are you going to believe the God of the Bible? If Satan can discredit the word of God, then people will pick and choose like a, a trip to Golden Corral, what they want to eat. What is, what is that they are going to pick and choose what they believe? If God's word is not the absolute source for truth, then where do we go to find the standard for right and wrong are men and women now able to pick and choose their right and wrong? I want to submit to you this morning that how you and I view the Bible determines everything in our life. How we view the Bible determines everything in our life. 
Amen. It sets your lifestyle. It sets your relationships. It will affect and define who you relate with and how you relate with them. It will define everything that you come in contact. It defines how you handle money. It defines how you think. It defines for us a living and dying. Its dogma is holy. Its precepts are binding. Its principles are timeless. Its history has been proven to be true, and its decisions are unchangeable. I want to tell you this is not just a book like an average book this is a living book amen it's food for the weary it's comfort for the broken amen it's light for those that are in darkness it's a map for a weary traveler it's the compass for a lost pilot amen it's your sword amen in battle it is your magna carta and it is the constitution of the kingdom amen within its holy pages is the answer not just any answer but the final answer they say that we are living in a culture known as postmodern culture and postmodern age some have now even defined that we have moved into the post truth age the post truth age the age in thinking of postmodernism is this, that they believe that we must rethink the concept of truth and adapt our belief to fit our feelings and our mode of thinking. Postmodernism preaches that since we cannot understand the Bible, we cannot properly interpret it as truth. Let me share with you some concepts and thoughts that I come across with, like author Kevin DeYoung that made this observation. He said the central creed of postmodernism is that you must march to the beat of your own drummer as long as it beats in time with mine. Unquote. Christopher Keep writes about postmodernism when he said, we see a pattern in the arts and everyday spiritual life away from universal standards into an atmosphere of multi- Mentionality. Now, in my notes, that's not a real word, but he uses it. Multidimensionality and complexity, and most importantly, the dissolving of distinction. Brian Cosby, he says, uh, the postmodern man is absolutely sure there is no absolutes. Absolutely sure there is no absolutes. Hallelujah. This, of course, is called, he said, relativism. What's true for you is true for you. What is true for me is true for me. But the more you attack the idea of absolutes, the more it will attack you because truth, by definition, is exclusive. Either Jesus rose from the dead or he didn't. Either he's the way, the truth, or our life, or he is not. We need to strive to know the truth and believe the God of that truth, unquote. Amen. I want to tell you today that we've got to make sure that we believe this because in believing this is life. In believing this, there's hope. In believing this, there's a way out. In believing this, it'll get you through the storm. In believing this, it'll save your soul. Believe the word of God. But today's culture is following a map. Some got it turned north and some's got it turned south. And some come turn it east and west. 
uh, but up is down and down is up. And, <laughs> hmm. Did not the writer and the prophet say in Isaiah 5, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Amen. I want to tell you, truth doesn't change with the current of time. Truth doesn't change because somebody redefines it and calls it something else. In this age of rebellion and, and irreverence of the word of God, obedience is cheered at and laughed at absolutes are now said to be something that is optional amen I like what Kyle Inman said in his book God's at War he said this we need to remember that God is the source instead of looking to God as the source of comfort we turn to food and mindless entertainment he says instead of looking to God as our source of significance we turn to careers and our accomplishment instead of looking to God as the source of our security we look to money and investments. Instead of looking to God as our source of joy, we turn to look to our spouse and our children. Instead of looking to God as the source of our hope, we look to politicians and legislation. I say on that last note, God, help us. This is not some new phenomenon. And we're not the worst generation that there has ever been. It began in the garden. It began in the garden. The first attack on the word was in the garden of Eden. Can we read through this just for a little bit? Genesis chapter 3. Open your Bible. Look on the screen. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, the serpent said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said... Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The first question in Scripture is a question against the word. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it. Then she adds a line. Okay? Eve adds a line. Because God didn't say this next statement. Neither shall you touch it. God did not say that, but she added to it. The Bible later tells us that we're neither to add to the word or take away from the word. Sometimes when you add something to the word, you're in danger of getting deceived with even what is true. So you're not supposed to touch it lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be gods, knowing good of evil. Do you see what the enemy is doing here? The enemy is reinterpreting the word of God, changing the word of God. Eve doesn't have a true grasp on the word of God. And that is the beginning of the end for man. The woman then saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. Not one instance in that observation has anything to do about her relationship with God, but about her feelings, her belly, and her emotions. And then we find that, uh, that she gave unto 
her husband with her, and he did eat, and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons and heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, uh, from the presence of and hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Amen. Hast thou eaten of the tree? whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat. The Lord said the tree was a poisonous death. It was a poisonous death. But when Eve saw it, she saw it differently. She looked at it. God had said, don't eat it because you will die. But Eve looked at it and said, I believe it's good for food. I believe it's going to make me wise. I believe it looks nice. Amen. What God had called as being evil or something that they should stay away from, it began to entice them. So what is at the heart of it? It is the heart of the enemy for us to think that God does not have our best interest at mind. That his word is not really what he is saying. That he's really not speaking truth but I want to tell you if a God and, and, and come here tonight if you want to hear a little bit more about this but a God that created time a God that made it time outside of himself who is everlasting from everlasting to everlasting a God that spoke the universe in existence a God that did everything that we find in the very beginning is the same God and make sure that his word is right who will keep his word he will stay by his word he will not go against his word hallelujah do you know why some people get so messed up can God put a round peg in a square hole amen can God do something against him he is not going to violate his word and do something that is in temptation of his own deity. I want to tell you, devil is trying to attack the word of God. He is going after the word of God. Why? It's the final answer. Somebody say it's the final answer. One commentator put it this way. Satan distracted the woman from what God said by discussing why he said it. Together, they brought the word of God under critical and intellectual scrutiny. They delved into God's motives and sought to understand and explain his mind. There are some things I just don't have a clue about. What his motives are and why he does what he does. Why does he heal one and not heal another? I don't know, but he's still the healer. Why is it that there's somebody that seemingly gets set free and somebody that doesn't? It could be unbelief. I don't know, but he's still the deliverer. 
Amen. Why is it that so many walk away from God and refuse to be saved, refuse to listen to the, what he did at Calvary and, and cleanse their life? Why do they walk away? I don't know, but he still saves. I don't know. Why do so many marriages end divorce? I don't know, but he's still the restorer of lives that are broken. Amen. This one thing I know is that don't begin to question God's motives sometimes. Amen. Sure, we can say why, but it ought to be from a heart that says, but never the less. Jesus said if it be your will let this cup pass for me. I would like to avoid it. I'd like to go around it. But he said nevertheless I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on. Why? Because when it all is said and done when I don't have a clue this still stands. This still stands. The word of God still stands. It is the final answer. And if it is not the final answer pray tell me where do you go? Satan wanted to make Eve and Adam feel like God's keeping information from him, from them. There's no harm in checking out the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's there. Do you know, I, I don't have a clue how many, but there was a bunch of trees in the garden. And the Lord said, you can have all of it, but one. He only put one restriction on them. Think about that. People who think God is so restrictive and so mean and so, you know, no, 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 no. What it is is that it hit to the core of one thing God gave to them that was the most important thing in their life, and it was free will. I give you free will. I'm going to let you pick and choose. Will you obedient? Will you be obedient from your heart or just because I give you a list? He didn't give them a list. He gave them one. They didn't have any TV. They didn't have any Hollywood. They didn't have any universities. They didn't have any bad influences. They didn't have anything like that that's coming down their pike. They didn't have history. They didn't have a mean mother-in-law. They didn't have a mean father-in-law. They didn't have a cousin Ed that was really crazy. They only had one restriction. One thing. One thing. Amen. I, I, and it's to conjecture perhaps that we could say why, but could it be that God was going to later reveal to them things about good and evil when they were at a point to receive it, but yet they opened up the door and the first thing that you find is that fear followed the disobedience. They were afraid. The second thing is that they were ashamed. The third thing is that they ran from the presence of the Lord. I want to tell you his word and his will is not meant to separate me from him but rather to run to him oh God I believe your word Lord I trust your word it is the final answer it is the final answer today I'm thankful for his word come on and give him praise in this place the enemy when attacking the word wants us to consume fruit that would cause us that would cause us to look to self rather than to God for the answer. The ultimate goal of the enemy was to draw the relationship away from God. To let them point to self. I know better. I'll take care of myself. I know better than God. I know better than God. Satan's ploy in the garden was to make God's word offensive to them. 
that's the foundation of, of deception. See the fruit? In the good. God lied. See the fruit? It is good. God lied. See the knowledge? It is good. God lied. Did you happen to watch the news? God lied. I'm depressed. God lied. I'm having problems. God lied. Really? I believe we need to go back and check the final answer. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. But Paul was in prison and he still was with him. Peter died upside down, hanging from a, according to, to traditional history, hung upside down on a cross and died, but he still believed God to his death. They tried to boil, according to history, boil Apostle John in oil, but they couldn't kill him. If there's anything that's going to get you through your heartache and your pain, it's going to be the Word of God. It's the Word. Open it up. Turn off Netflix and open up the Word. Turn off Facebook and open up the Word. Turn off the news and open up the Word. Amen. Are you tired of the junk and the mire and the sin? Turn off the and begin to say, Oh, God, let me find my way back to the Word of God. It's the final answer. What does God have to say? What does God have to say? Show me in your Word, Lord. Hallelujah, reveal yourself to me. In our text in Timothy chapter 3, where Paul was talking to a young Timothy, he had opened up that chapter addressing the moral decline of the last days. Remember the scripture that says in the last days perilous times will come? Well, that's at the beginning of the text or the beginning of the chapter. You will find the first five verses read like the headlines, moral decay, Amen. Everywhere. Paul knew it. It was not, it's not a new phenomenon. Paul had his day and we have ours. But Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, you're living in perilous times, but hold on to the holy scriptures that you have been taught and have been verified by the ones who have taught you. Remember the godly examples of your instructors. I want to tell you, I thank God. I thank God. I thank God for men in my life and women in my life like my, my father and my mother that put the word of God in me and I can attest to their character and I can attest to their life that now they're dead and gone but they stayed faithful to God even at the death of a son faithful to God even when their world was turned upside down faithful to God faithful to God I'm so thankful that I got the teaching of Bishop Walls in me that has been faithful to God faithful to God you find you some floozy preacher some person person that is in and out, wishy-washy, amen, uh, that's not an example of the word uh, truly lived. Uh, find somebody that is faithful. Know who you've been taught by. Know their life. It's the word. If I sound a little frustrated, if I sound a little bit hot today, I am. I'm aggravated at the devil ruining way too many lives and deceiving people left and right. Hallelujah. It's not that we have all truth. Absolutely, there's only one who has all truth. His name is the truth. His name is the truth. But I want to eat the word. I want to live, live by the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I need the word. It's the final answer. It's the final answer.
Paul said in that citadel foundational scripture. He said, 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture, somebody say all scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of right in righteousness. All scripture. Somebody gets all bent out of shape when we start talking about different versions and you can see those that are absolutely teetotal, King James Version, God bless them, or some that is absolutely teetotal, ESV or NIV or XYZ, NCA, AA, oh, it's basketball. <laughs> Whatever version. I'm going to tell you what, God's Word's going to survive and it's going to go on as it has for thousands of years. I'll take this over time. I'll take this over ABC. I'll take this over CNN. I'll take this over, oh, sorry, Fox. Didn't mean to step on some of y'all's toes. Yeah, I did. Do you know what? I, I heard, uh, I believe it was Ravi Zacharias that made this statement. He said, he had had multiple reporters come to him. Rabbi Zacharias goes all over universities and, and, and speaks in apologetics for the, the Christian faith. And so after some shooting or mass killing, he said he has reporters come up to him wanting his opinion, wanting his input, and he said, I can cut them down and shut it down in a matter of seconds when I say it's because of sin. Oh, thank you. Walk away. It's not because of guns or because of uh, uh, all kinds of other things that we may have cars and knives and, and whatever they use to do their, their evil deeds with. It's sin. What's the answer to sin? Let's send them to a psychiatry. Let's send them to these places. Those things are great and good. I'm not, I'm not downing those. But I want to tell you today, those that have been changed and have truly been changed have been changed by the Word of God. Word of God. Word of God. Amen. All Scripture is given by inspiration. The word inspiration means God breathed. God breathed and inspired 40 different men from different places, different backgrounds, in three different languages, and different abilities to breathe the Word of God into them. The Word of God has survived, and it will continue to survive. The Word of God, though, has inspired, and it will continue to inspire. Revelation is how truth becomes uncovered a lot of people want to read the word but there's no revelation to them it's just a book it truly takes the Holy Spirit coming down on the word to reveal the word I said it truly takes the Holy Spirit we find that the word spoke in Genesis and the spirit moved the word spoke and the Spirit moved. Jesus was baptized, and the Spirit descended, and the Word spoke. We need revelation. We need revelation. There's only one God, 
and he has the final authority and his word is the final answer when it comes to truth. The book does not contain truth only. It is truth. God does not lie, Titus 1 and 2. He is not a man that he should lie, Numbers 23, 19. It is impossible for God to lie, Hebrews 6 and 18. What we think of God and how we acquire our knowledge of God is the most important aspect of our life. If our thinking is off, if our knowledge is off, then we will be open to deception. Stand with me, please. How big is God? If he's big enough to create the world, then he's big enough to have the final answer. Not me, not you, but him. The psalmist said, I will worship, Psalm 38, 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. But look at this. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. More important than even his name is his word. Why? He doesn't go back on his word. Matthew 4 and 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Psalm 119 and 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25, But the word of the Lord endureth forever. The word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but, by, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God spoke by the power of God. They did not originate truth. They were simply a channel through which truth flowed. The Holy Spirit communicated through them as they wrote and as they spoke. Their communication was carried by the inspiration or the God-breathing power of the King. I'm so thankful for the Word today. If I had to trust what I see on the news, if I had to trust everything that goes on around me, if, if I had to trust that was the final answer, I would be of all men most miserable. I would truly be vexed beyond repair. But I can go back to the Word and I find scriptures that says things like, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I find scriptures that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I find scripture that, that any weapon formed against me shall not prosper. Paul said, I've told you about a perilous time, Timothy. I've told you about perilous times are going to come. But here's what you need to remember. Don't forget the scripture that your mother and your grandmother taught you. Don't forget. Today here in just a little while, we're going to be dedicating a baby. It's so important what you put into your children. All you do is stick their face in an iPad. And all that is on there is just simply the things of this world. Friend, that's a dangerous place to be. Find something about God. Find a cartoon about God. Find something about the Lord. I'm not saying you have to be exclusive, but you need to be careful. 
Can I get a witness? First Thessalonians 2 and 13 says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. When I was a boy, my older brothers had a friend who lived across the street from us. His name was Freddie Sandroman. Freddie Sandroman went with my brothers to VBS and Sunday school for years. I can remember as a little boy him riding with them in the car, packed car. When you got five boys, or at that time four of us, but packed car, my mom and dad would take him. Years went by, Freddie became older and he walked away from any church experience any relationship with God Freddie went into the drug scene Freddie went into the university and, 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 and got all connected in drugs and his mind was messed up And one night at a prayer meeting there on the Bible college where we lived a bunch of young people were praying in walks the, and in the door walks Freddie Freddie high on LSD he begins to scream my father's name he begins to scream for him my dad went to Freddie laid his hands on his head and began to pray and God sobered Freddie up like that brought him out of that hallucinated state dad began to talk to him and Freddie said I was high and I began to see a vision and I saw God and God spoke to me and said this is your last trip Freddie you need to find me all those years of VBS all those years of Sunday school began to flood back into his mind I know where to go 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 Freddie left the university and came to the Bible college. They said that he would play his trumpet, Amazing Grace, how sweet this sound, and tears rolled out of his little Hispanic face as he was talking about the love of God. Who did that? My dad? No. The Word. The Word. Somebody needs to hear, hear me today. Start pouring the Word into your situation. Start pouring the word into your problem. Start pouring the word into it. Preach it. Declare it. Claim it. Plead it. Hallelujah. Practice it. It's the word of God. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the body, the son of the soul and the spirit, and is and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word. In the beginning was the word final answer is that your final answer today is that is the word your final answer amen today I don't know who you are where you are what's going on in your world amen but I can tell you I can tell you assuredly the word is the final answer the word is the final answer Get it in your spirit. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Get the word in you. Heavenly Father, right now, 
Lord, we look to you today. Hallelujah. I want to say to you, if you need the Lord to just touch you today, you want a touch from God, amen, let's take a moment here and come to the front to pray. Amen, church family, anyone that needs God today, would you come, would you come, would you come? You want to just reattach yourself to the word, to the final answer, would you come today? Not my opinion, not my pedigree, not my past or even my future, Lord, is going to bring to me the final answer unless I know your word. The word, the word, the word of God, the word of God. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.